Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to Generations Church Podcast. We are in our series called Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude, exploring the themes and modern-day connections of the Heidelberg Catechism. Hello, everybody. My name is Scotty Hines. I'm one of the pastors at Generations Church. Alongside of me is my friend, Pastor Jeff Ludington, also at Generations Church. What's up, brother? How you doing, Jeff? I'm good, man. I'm good. Glad to be doing this again. Right? It's it's so awesome, man. So I was thinking, as we were about to go into question 13 today, right? Yep. Uh, actually, technically, Lord's Day 13. And, um, dude, we've gone through 32 questions so far. Yeah. Think about that. 32 questions and answers all around God's truth. How amazing is that? That's pretty cool. Dude, all That's around cool. his truth. Now imagine, now imagine being a Christian, a Christian, a Christian with 15 of those questions memorized. Okay. Just that small context, you have a lot of truth memorized. That's really good. Dude, you would have not only would you yeah. have truth memorized, you'd be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you and great opportunities where we could share the gospel. So I was just thinking about that as we do this podcast and as we hmm. spend 20 minutes just talking about the importance of truth and in this catechism. Look at the, the the dramatic impact we can have if we just memorized half of it. Right. It's just right. some things I was thinking about. So anyhow. Um, That's good. You know, so it isn't that we've memorized, uh, you know, 32 questions and answers so far, and, and we're picking up on 33 and 34 in this in this episode today. Um, but it, it is that we have asked ourselves questions about our faith and that we know an answer, right? Like you said, that we're ready to give an answer to anyone who would ask us about the faith that we hold so dear. So it is about learning, Yeah. right? We're in the catechism. We're in the Heidelberg Catechism, to be particular. If you're just joining us, maybe you saw some social media, you clicked, you're following this one. This is episode 13 in a series. And so I'd highly encourage you to go back, listen to the introduction, listen to you know one through 12 leading up to this uh this is a series of teaching a catechism is a way of learning by memorized questions and answers kind of like what you just said but it's it's to develop the truth within us so that we that we know we can answer for our faith and and it's done as a father would to a son or to a mother to a daughter and so the questions and answers are written that way i'm going to ask you uh, a question that is, in the, you know, like, why do you, or what do you believe, or it's all going to be coming from me to you, and you're going to answer, all these questions and answers are written, so that when you answer, you're stating your own faith, sometimes in very clear ways, like I believe, or or whatever, but it is, it is always you answering, and so it, it has that essence to it, it, has that teaching vibe to it. So Guilt, Grace, Gratitude's the the series name, and that's because how the teaching is broken up into section one about our guilt and our sin. Section two, which we're in right now, is about grace, right? Section three, when we enter into it, it'll be gratitude. How do we live in response to the gospel? So if you're just joining us, go back. Listen to our need for a Savior. Listen to the introduction that talks about why the Heidelberg, what is a catechism, all those kind of things. Yeah, and just to be clear, when you're talking about the sections, it's the Heidelberg Catechism. Yep. And it has three sections that's aiming at three specific thoughts. Yep, and it's done over a year, right? Over 52, what they call Lord's Days, but meaning Sundays, but that was that weekly teaching, Yeah. right? So we're in awesome. now week 13, which the Heidelberg Catechism calls Lord's Day 13, so that would be started on Sunday, completed by Saturday. You'd start a new one on the next one. So yes, you're getting this on a Tuesday, but this is week 13 of 
learning. And again, like you said, 32 questions already covered. What does this mean? What is this about? Why is this? Does this mean this? 32 answers where you know now truth, biblical truth, right? So I'm going to do this. I'm going to ask question 33. Uh, Pastor Scott is going to give us the answer just like we were discipling, like a father to a son, like I said. And so question 33 says this, why is he, meaning Jesus, called God's only son when we are also God's children? Because Christ alone is the eternal, natural son of God. We, however, are adopted children of God, adopted by grace through Christ. So I want to take these two questions today. I want to do them one at a time. We normally do, well, if there is a normal with us, right? <laughs> uh, typically, we will do two or three questions, four questions some days. Uh, we'll catch them all together because they're thematic. This is thematic, but I, I want to pick up this question first because understanding this question helps us to apply the next question and answer. So God's only son is the theme. Why is Jesus called God's only son when we're also called sons and daughters of God? Heirs, the Bible said, co-heirs with Christ, yeah, right? So yeah. when we know we're the children of God, why is this, say, God's only son? In fact, I want to I want to add to that question a little confusion so that we can answer it a little better. Luke 3.38, in the lineage of Luke recording the, the lineage of Jesus, that one happens to run through the line of Joseph, goes all the way back to creation. Luke 3.38 says this, it's been, this is the son of this, this is the son of this, and started with Jesus, the son of his human father, Joseph. We know that that's not his biological father, but all the way back, and it traces all the way back to Adam. It says this, the son of Enos, the son of Seth, who was the son of Adam, who was the son of God. Ah. Okay, so Adam is called the son of God. Yeah. Okay, we're called sons and daughters of God. Why then do famous passages of Scripture, think John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? Why is he called God's only son, when we too, and Adam, and others, are considered sons and or daughters of God. Well, here's, here's what happened. If Adam was the son of God, and we know that because it's written, yep. we know that because it's written in Genesis, we know it's recorded again in Luke, we know it's recorded in many places, right? We know that Adam is called the son of God. So what happened? Well, in simple terms, Adam left the family, like, right? So God created Adam. God created Eve. God gave them a way to live. We call that, typically in our church, we, you guys all know this, we call that just living the lives of a worshiper. Not That doesn't mean singing songs. That means that all that we do gives glory to God. Yeah, a lifestyle. Right? Living, a lifestyle yeah. of that. Exactly. Roman says that really well, right? So uh, Adam was created that way. And in the best set of circumstances, uh, in fact, I was with a men's group this morning. We we're talking about Adam in the garden, best set of circumstances like thousands of things you can do right right <laughs> there plenty of food let's be honest a naked woman i mean yeah. all things are going good for adam there's one random thing in the back on the other side of the garden that you can't do right all right well we we're reading the story this morning of jesus in the wilderness right as he is being tempted by satan so jesus led by the holy spirit goes out to the wilderness and he is there 40 days fasting he's hungry he's alone it's in the worst case circumstances yeah. right every reason thousands of things that can go yeah, wrong every reason to sin and do right. things wrong yes satan tempts him jesus obviously victorious over that jesus doesn't sin okay so adam in the best case scenario 
chose sin, right? Yep. He decided, hey, in order for God to be my father, I must be his son and obey him. There's an obedience level right there. Okay, I'm going to go do my own thing. And what he did was functionally leave the family, right? There are passages of Scripture that say that, uh, I'll give you one, John 8, starting in verse 43, says, Why do you not understand all that I say? This is Jesus speaking. Mm -hmm. It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. Your will is to do your father's desires, mm -hmm. right? Heartless. So he talks to sinful humanity and says, Your father's the devil. Yeah. Like, you left the family of God. You were born into this family. That Now, again, Adam made that choice. We've inherited it. We've added to it. Yeah. We've also chosen that path, right? It's a set you that's your father. Now you live in that family, right? That same John 3:16, God's only begotten son, right? Talks about you. I didn't come in to, to condemn you, but to, to save you. But those who don't believe me, you're condemned already. Like yeah. you're already of your father, <clears throat> the devil. And if you back up into John 1:18, he says he gave them the right to be called children of God. So it the the that's definite, right. you know, the 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 tone is set in Scripture that we are His creation, not His right. children. Tone in culture is the exact opposite, though. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great way of saying it. Culture is, I'm a good person, right? Yeah. Well, I love God, right? Clearly, I was born, and I should go to heaven because I'm a good person. Or I should, you know what? Yeah, you know, I go to church. You compare yourself. You know, hey, I serve <laughs> once in a while, and every once in a while, I drop 20 bucks in the plate. So I should, you know, I'm a good person, right? What we need to learn from Scripture, and this is, again, if you're just joining us today, this is why the first section of the Catechism is so important, because it describes our guilt yeah. from birth, what we add to it, what is the penalty for that, and really paints a picture. It's the shortest section, but it's important. It gives us a reason. Why do we need a Savior? So if we take all that, hey, we're born into the family of sin with our father, the devil. If we're born enemies of God, the Bible also says, yep. Paul says that pretty clearly, right? Then where's the hope? The hope is Jesus. That's the section we're in. Grace, right? Paul writes in Romans 8, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Now, I want to remember that later when we talk about Hosea, after the next question. But Paul goes on in Romans. He says, But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. That word could cover sons and daughters, right? That you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Now you get an Abba's like Daddy, Daddy, yeah. Father, right? The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, Christ who is the only Son of God, right? The only yeah. natural born Son, the Son of God, right? The Son of Man, as his title also yeah. is, right? Adam left a family. We're all born into the family of Adam, yeah. the family of sin, under the devil, under evil, under sin, right. and we add to it. We choose, right? We, we add to the sin. But through Christ, we are adopted back into the family of God. If we are, if we are in Christ, if we have given our lives to Jesus, we have committed to following Jesus, worshiping God, that our lives, God will come first. Through Christ, we are adopted back in. And there it is. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, but it closes with provided that we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So there's proof in the whose kid are you, right? Yeah. Are you, and this isn't, there's no perfect people, Not but are you pursuing Jesus? Are you living in a way that shows that, that you, you're willing to suffer for the faith, whatever that means, whether that means deny yourself, 
uh, you know, certain things that God has said are not good for you, right? That you're willing to learn those lessons. Are you willing to, to give? Do you serve in a church? Do you tithe to a church? Do you attend a church? Do you do the, are, do you, that's not real suffering, don't get me wrong, but are you willing to live the life? Not just say, well, you know, I'm a Christian, which means I was born in America, I'm not a Buddhist or an atheist, yeah. right? So, but are you really willing to live the life? Yeah, two, one thing too um, that I think about when I hear the Son of God, or not, let me rephrase that, one thing I know biblically about him being the Son of God, as it tells us in Colossians, that he's the firstborn of all creation, right? Yeah. And so it puts him in this place of uh, fulfilling God's promise of being yeah. able to eternally sit on the throne, because God constantly is giving us that image of an heir, yeah. like an heir, a recipient of my glory, my, my kingdom, a recipient, and Jesus is the ruler He's the heir of that kingdom, and we are his subjects in a sense. Yep. Um, Questions we've covered before this. Yeah. Like, you know, if all die in Adam, do all live in Christ? Well, no. You know, some do. Not everybody is a Christian. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what does that look like, right? So when we ask those questions about what does that look like, now we'll get to the gratitude section later, where how do we live in response to this? But really, what does it look like? Well, if, if God has an only son and we are called to be found in him in order to be adopted as sons and daughters, then the next question becomes about what do we do with that, right? Yeah. And so question 34, now we're back into the catechism. We're back. This is where we were. I said there's two questions today. Here's question number two. It's 34 in the list, two today, right? Yes. So I'm going to ask you, so question 34, why do you call him our Lord? Because not with gold or silver, but with his precious blood, he has redeemed us from sin and from the power of the devil and has brought us body and soul to be his very own. So why do I love that? Again, again, I'm going to repeat myself here. Written in the second person, the question, why do you call him Lord, right? You answer in the first person, right? Because not with gold and silver, but with his precious blood, he has redeemed us. Now that's first person plural, but it's still in the first person, yeah. right? And, you know, so... To be his very own, that you go on, that, you know, bought us, redeemed us from sin and from the power of the devil, and has bought us. So that power of the devil. Remember, I said, you are of your father, the devil, quoting Jesus, mm -hmm. right? So the whole of Scripture paints a picture that culture doesn't really like. We want to think, and this is old school Pelagianism heresy, but we want to think that we're born predisposed to God, or at least neutral, Right? Yeah. But the Bible says, no, you're born corrupt. You're born in sin. Right? Yeah. We want to think we're born really kind of into the family of God. And if we're good people, we stay there. But the Bible says, nope, you're born into the family of evil. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And instead, your sins, you're, 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 you're a slave there. You're trapped in that family. Yeah. And what must happen is that Jesus must come and rescue you by you. So this answer is because not with gold or silver, but with his precious blood, he has redeemed us from sin and the power of the devil and has bought us body and soul to be his very own. So let me, one of my favorite prophets in scripture is Hosea. Short little story, great, right? Hosea, called by God, must marry a woman. Her name is Gomer, which by the way, Never marry a woman named Gomer. That'll never work out well, right? Well, she's a prostitute. Well, <laughs> she, well, she's, yeah, man. And so, but God says, I want you to go and love a woman who is going to be unfaithful to you. 
That's crazy. As the story plays out, he has a child with her, and then she has a child that's not his, and another one that's not. And so she is cheating on him. She's sleeping around. And God has called Hosea the prophet to do this so that the people of God will understand what they do to God. Yeah. So I'm going to give you an image. Here it is. Marry an unfaithful woman, a woman who's going to screw everything up, right? She's going to make a mess of everything, and this is going to be an image of God and Israel. So you're meaning God decides to use a human analogy to, to show us or to describe our actions, and it's the Jerry Springer show. It's just like, or it's like a chick from the Jerry right? Springer I mean, show. Right, right. Yes, you're the daddy of this child, but not this one. Right. Oh my gosh. I'm but in this man. case, yeah. yeah, in this case, Hosea the prophet is not a part of the problem. No. Right? He is, he is not God. Yeah. But in the metaphor, he represents God. And, and Gomer, the unfaithful, uh, literally passage calls her a whore, yeah. right? So that represents the people of God. When you're sinful, you're unfaithful to me. That's the point he's yeah. making. You've become wholly, completely unfaithful to me. So the story plays out, and, and Gomer goes and sleeps around. She does Whatever she does, her sin literally causes her to be enslaved because she's so far in debt, she becomes enslaved to her debt. Okay, so imagine someone who is a drug addict, right, who they're... Addiction causes them to prostitute themselves out, and their, but their addiction is greater than their ability to overcome it. And so they literally, their addiction causes them to be enslaved to a debt, and they end up being turned out, right? Yeah. That's kind of what happens. And so here's what, here's what God does. In Hosea chapter 3, he says to Hosea, and the Lord said to me, Hosea writes this, Go again and love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a lethic of barley. Right? So sin causes us to be someone else's. She is another man's. Right? So I bought her back. Salvation is being bought back with a price. Mm. Christ buys us back. So the third verse, Hosea, And I said to her, You must dwell as mine for many days, you shall not play the whore or belong to another man, so I will also be with you. He says this, I'm going to buy you back. I'm paying your debt. I'm releasing you from your slavery. I'm buying you back. Now, here's your challenge. Here's your calling. Here's who you get to be. You're now mine. I want you to live as a wife. Quit living as a whore. That's what he says, right? right? This is written to the people of Israel. I'm going to buy you back. This is written to the church. I'm going to buy you back through the blood of Christ. Quit living that way. Come back and live as my bride. Mm. Sanctification here is the change that we get to enjoy in Christ. This story is the same as answering this question, right? Because by Christ's blood, he has redeemed us from sin, from the power of the devil who was our father, has bought us, body and soul to be his very own. Because of that purchase, we are now sons and daughters of God. And so if you take those two analogies, right, and the two questions and you put them back to back, um, you, you find, and I hope, I hope, you know, when you're listening, you hear this, that the image is we are in a position where we can't be redeemed within ourselves. There's nothing we can do. And so the fact that Jesus is the son of God puts him in the only position 
to redeem us from mm-hmm. sin. So he's literally the only redeemer that exists. Right. And as our redeemer, he is now Lord. Mm-hmm. And he bought us back. And one thing I love about that Hosea story that you you um you just went over is how like when you read it, how intense Hosea is and persistent yeah. he is towards his bride that he loves that he knows is a prostitute or a whore. He knows she's unfaithful. He's so committed to her. He yeah. is faithful. He doesn't bounce on her. He honors right. her and loves her. And when she gets indebted, he does everything he can. And, and that is her. your God. It's, that's amazing. Right? Oh, that is amazing, man. So I said, remember this earlier. I said when I wrote that, read that Romans passage, I said, remember this verse. It said, it's uh, 8.15, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Mm. Instead, what you received was the spirit of adoption, Right. You were given a new family, a new spirit, a new power, a new identity. No debt. You're not defined by who you used to be. Gomer, you're no longer defined by your old sins, by your old slavery, but you're not defined by that. Now you're my bride. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians twice. He says it once in, verse, uh, in uh, chapter 6, once in chapter 7. He says, you are not your own. You were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. The very next chapter, you were bought with a price, do not become bond servants of men or slaves of men. I love that line from Hosea. No longer play the whore. Come live as my bride. Mm. Christians, you're listening today. Or people who don't know Jesus yet, you need to hear that. You're bought by Christ. You get to come live with a whole new identity. You get to be a different person. That's amazing, Pastor Jeff. I love it. Well, thank you all so much for listening to the Generations Church podcast. Every Tuesday, we release a new Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude episode, and we have some special episodes coming up over the next few weeks as well. So keep an eye out for them on Thursdays for the special topics we tackle. If you like what we're doing, we'd love it if you wrote a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And once again, thank you so much. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church. G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at Gin Family Church.